Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Well, hello and welcome to the day after. Uh, sorry I wasn't here the day of. Um, unmistakably, unmistak- unexpectedly taken down by a, some kind of a bug. Um, I, I wish I were more ebullient, is that the right word, today? I don't also want to be uh, down in the mouth. Um, it, it was an extraordinary election in, in many respects. I voted at, um, at two in the afternoon, and the uh, I could see from the list that the turnout was higher than I'd ever seen. And I, I said, my God, wow. <laughs> and she, the woman, pointed out that just two columns over was where that district had been for Barack Obama's first run. I said, you are kidding me, and it's too, um, I don't know what the, I can't wait to see the final uh, uh, number of votes cast in my district, but it could well be that it surpassed uh, the number, the turnout for Barack Obama, it'd be in the 90 percentile, but I live in an extremely political neighborhood. And what we found out is that a lot of those people that were fired up to vote uh, were voting on the other side. So Trump did his job in all of these um, rallies he'd been holding. He, he held the Senate, which is what he was trying to do, and in fact uh, padded the Republican majority in the Senate which, frankly, is not surprising. Uh, there are still two races outstanding, um, Arizona and uh, Montana, right? It's Tester. Uh, and who knows? I have to tell you, I am uh, I, I'm heartened by the fact that almost every time I was watching CNN and every time they said uh, that someone had won a race, had flipped uh, a seat to the Democrats in the, in the congressional race, it was just mind-boggling how often the person, the candidate who had flipped that seat was a woman. <laughs> the women, my God. Uh, in fact, I, the Democratic Party put up more female candidates than male candidates. And uh, it is going to be uh, a lot over 100 women, it appears, in the, uh, in the House. Now, obviously, until the House is over 200 women, uh, there won't be a, a, a true representation of our strength in the population. I think the greatest, there are two great divides that are sh showing up in our politics. Um, and, and rural and urban, quite clearly. It's like two different worlds. Rural and urban and also educated and not. And by that I mean over a high school education. Uh, that's the breakdown of who's Republican and who's Democrat. Rural, uneducated tend to vote, I mean, not only tend, they just flat out do, and the more educated, well, let's talk about white women, because that's really what we're talking about. Educated white women tend to 
No, that's not it either, is it? Yeah, I guess it is. It's socioeconomic as well. I don't know what to say, but white women continue to uh, <laughs> vote for Trump in just huge numbers. They vote race and not gender. I'm not thinking too clearly today. You know what? I went to bed at, I wasn't feeling well. I went to bed at 9 before anything was happening because I thought to myself, and this was such a revolutionary thought in this day and age, I thought, go to bed. It doesn't matter if you know that someone won a particular election as soon as it's called or if you learn of that in seven or eight hours tomorrow morning. It will be exactly the same. Your ability to have any impact on it, the same. And we've gotten so used to needing to know immediately <laughs> right now that it, it was a real gift I gave myself to go to bed because, you know, the, the cable news networks cover it in a dramatic fashion uh, by, oh, he's ahead, oh, he's behind, oh, well, we're waiting for these, and who knows what, and, the blah, blah, blah. and it, it just makes you a nervous, anxious wreck, and you can, you can avoid all of that by simply looking in the morning. <laughs> all of the drama just cut to the chase. I think I discovered something last night. I think I'm going to stop my addiction to election night coverage. It, it, all it does is make me insane. All right. Um, what I think about what I've seen, I'm, I'm delighted, of course, that um, in Pennsylvania, uh, we now have a Democratic governor and a slightly more Democratic legislature. That's not a huge uh, turnaround. So that in the northern suburbs here, and this is so upsetting to me, in the northern suburbs here, you know, the Wexfords, the Marshall, the what, what, whatever. I never can tell one part from another, but you know what I'm talking about. I don't mean to be disrespectful for those of you who live up there. Um, I don't think. Um, people continued to obviously vote enthusiastically for the worst human beings <laughs> in the state. For Mike Terzai, for Daryl Metcalf. And Daryl Metcalf is about as awful a human being as you can... I mean, I'm serious. He is. He has to be. He's a hater. He's an arrogant hater who holds a lot of power. He's very open and certain about his hatred being righteous, I guess. And I, I just... I can't comprehend... So the fact that we weren't able to knock off any of those folks, the only win was, obviously, but this isn't a gerrymandered, re-gerrymandered district or un-gerrymandered district, uh, was uh, Connor Lamb knocking off Keith Rothfuss, for which we are thrilled. But in terms of the state government, the only uh, the only person who didn't the only Republican who didn't make it was uh, this what's his name Wagner, and and again a woman who had never before won run Lindsey Graham it can't be Lindsey Graham I'm sorry I'm not thinking straight today she did win I. Okay, Pennsylvania's congressional uh, representation looks better. Democrats picked up, I believe, four 
five seats. So that of the 18 congressional seats that Pennsylvania holds, uh, nine are now in Democratic hands, nine in Republican hands, which frankly shows that the redistricting done by our Supreme Court to the gerrymandered districting done by the Republicans has finally put us um, in a reasonable position. This is a pretty split state, so it makes sense. Nine Democrats, nine. And again, all of those pickups were by women, except for Connor Lamb, although I don't know if he's considered a pickup. Four women in the Philadelphia suburbs, Democrats, going to Congress. By the way, that's twice as many females in a Pennsylvania congressional de de delegation that has ever, 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 ever existed. Generally speaking, we don't have any women in D.C. So now we'll have four. Here's the takeaway. We made a little bit of progress yesterday. Taking the House is, is uh, huge. But boy, do we got our work cut out for us. And that means that unless we're capable of being in for the long haul, unless we're still energized to pick up and start working tomorrow, um, we're in trouble. Because there is clearly a huge number of our fellow Americans who are quite willing to embrace a xenophobic, racist, fear-mongering nationalist and, that's, and love him and not care that he lies constantly not care of his vulgarity. And that's a frightening thing to me. Okay, Chuck says there are actually four undecided Senate seats at this point. Arizona, yes, where the Republican, I hate to say, is ahead. And by the way, those are two women running. This is Jeff Flake's old seat. Uh, Arizona, I just saw the Democrat is behind by just 16,000 votes at this point. They're not all counted. But guess what? There was a Green Party candidate on the ballot. And the Green Party candidate got 40,000 votes. My guess is that those 40,000 votes, if there were no Green candidate, that... Uh, could have gone to the Democrat, which is to say that the Democrat would be winning the Arizona race. And I am so effing sick and tired of progressives voting their principles, their one issues, and c giving the seat to a friggin' right-wing Republican as a result. Any vote that isn't for a Democrat at this point is a vote for Trump. So if Cinema, the Democrat, loses in Arizona, it's on you, progressive, ecology-minded folk, as if I'm not ecology-minded, I'm not progressive, as if the only shot you've got is if there are enough Democrats in the Senate. Great job. Great job. I know I have a caller. Just a second, caller. I'm just starting to get my blood pressure back up. Okay, so the four other races, Arizona, Florida, oi, Boy, did the polling uh, mislead us there. So Florida is still mostly racist. <laughs> I mean, that's how I read it. Mississippi? Mississippi? 
and Montana with, uh, yeah, S with Tester still hanging in. God, I hope he makes it. Uh, Mississippi is undecided, and there will be a runoff. Wow, I did not know that. And uh, Georgia, that's a still undecided, is it not? She has not conceded. And boy, was there a lot of shenanigans going on there. Anyway, call her. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hi there, Lynn. Hi. Um, and I'm happy about it, but I got mixed feelings. I'm like you. I, I got kind of a sick filling my stomach thinking this son of a bitch can win again yes i thought yes like you said there's a yes. strong i didn't think it was that strong i thought it was tamped down by now but i think if we don't have the right candidate for president we're stuck with this jack off for eight years it's beyond belief just, to me it is unbelievable that they still and i i say this the first thing that stuck out to me that light bulb went off was when he gave tax cuts to the rich, you knew right then he wasn't for the forgotten people. He's for the rich bastards. And that's right there. People should have just turned the other way. Now, they don't like, I think 65% of people don't like tax cuts. But, boy, it don't show in the polls. That's for damn sure. Because these people are, they're still supporting him like, oh, makes you sick. Yeah. But um, it, 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 it is. They love him. They love him. And, yeah, uh, it, it, I just and, can't get over it. They'll jump off the bridge for him. I mean, and here, just... here's another thing. And Chris Hayes put this out, and I this is frightening to me. He says, don't think it's that hard to come up with a scenario in which Trump in 2020 again loses the popular vote and this time by as many as 7 million votes, 8 million votes, the Democrat wins more than Trump, and yet Trump wins because of the Electoral College. It can happen again, and if that were to happen again, I think there would be a revolution in this country. Might be. You know, Florida, too, I, for some reason, unless the Democrats got a real big lead, I don't think a Democrat can win in there in Florida anymore. I think uh, that son of a bitch in state, ever since that Gore thing, and or what W, I just don't have no faith in their system down there. I, I just think it's fixed. I, really, I don't know why I just well, feel that way about that state. Well, there's a huge hunk at South. I mean, there's a... There are all these transplants down there, but there ain't enough of them. You got that panhandle is it's you, you might as well be in Alabama or Georgia, right? And then there's the southern um uh, there's part of the the southeastern, no, southwestern part of Florida, which is just incredibly. And then the middle I'm sorry, it's south. It's um it's south. What else can I say? It's racist. And, and then we got the Mueller thing coming up. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, well, that ain't, that's like nothing. Because they're just going to look the other way and, oh, well, oh, well. And that's it. And they'll just keep on going. Nothing's going to be done because there's not enough to do anything with. you got to have both Senate and the House and a majority, a super majority. I don't know. Two-thirds or some bullshit. I don't know. I know. I mean, there's, well, look, we've got some stuff to celebrate, and we've got, and we also have, um, yeah, uh, stuff to be very concerned about. So let's not kid Yeah, ourselves. I'm happy, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's like bittersweet. I don't uh, know how you want well, to <laughs> we got work to do. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. All right, it. thank you. Bye. Bye. I, I do want to point out some another good thing that happened. Um in my home state of Wisconsin, Scott Walker finally was knocked out. Uh, the Democrats winning uh, Wisconsin. And let's stop and think about it. Democratic governor in Wisconsin. I haven't seen the pickup in their state legislature. Uh, Democratic governor winning in Michigan and, um, and Senate. And that's true in Wisconsin, too. Tammy Baldwin retains her seat. 
um, in Wisconsin. So governor and Senate in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, and in Wisconsin, all going to the Democrats. And those are the three states that gave Trump the White House. So, we got our work cut out for us, Pennsylvania. We got to build on that. Build on that. Keep it going. Um, do I have a call? Did you tell me I have a call? No. Um, I was looking for this other... You know, and I, here's this other thing with Florida. Damn. You know, you had those kids at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. You had them have to deal with that slaughter of their of their friends and then you saw them stand up and lead on this gun rights issue gun control issue and it's so sad I thought of them last night that those kids, some of whom could finally vote for the first time, went in and they didn't vote for Republicans. They voted for Democrats. And they would find themselves now living in a state and alongside people who even after what happened to them voted in a governor and a senator. I believe that's um, the Senate races decided there. I don't know. They voted for NRA-endorsed candidates. It's like saying to them, hey, kids, I know you had a tough time. Whatever happened, I'm really sorry. But we got to protect our ability to have an AK-47 in every room in the house. It's the most important thing. We have a caller. Hello, caller? Hey, good morning, Lynn, or at least uh, a semi-good morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not what we had uh, hoped I, for, but. Well, let me let me let me say that. Well, first of all, I share your slightly subdued rage at the Green Party morons who, if I if I I think if I if I begin to elucidate on that on that thought, I'm just going to work myself up into a bit of a froth so maybe maybe i'll refrain but um yeah it, it's on them uh if for example uh we lose the senate seat in in arizona yep um that 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 being said uh yeah uh, i mean i had very tampered expectations uh given the senate map we were facing um for example uh, you know, I never expected Beto O'Rourke to win. Um, Tennessee did not surprise me. I mean, come on, face it, it's Tennessee. Um, <laughs> it's you know, Texas, it's Tennessee, it? yeah. it's Florida. Uh, you know, the South, yeah. A functioning human being or, you know, a kook and cretin like Marsha Blackburn, who's dumb as a box of rocks. Um, but I expected that out of Tennessee. Florida was... Florida was disappointing. Florida can put qualified, intelligent, reasonable people in office. Florida went for President Obama, you know, twice. Um, 
those those two are reprehensible. You you have a corporate criminal, Rick Scott, whose company ripped off Medicare for millions, tens of millions. Yes. But who skipped out on the company before? Yeah. The the uh, the, the case was was brought. Um, and then uh, DeSantis, who has given speeches in front of white nationalist groups. Yeah, Florida, just flat out racist. Florida hurt. Missouri hurt. Um, I think I, I like to think Missourians, you know, still have some common sense. Um, that is I, a I red state. Redder and redder. It's a yeah. red, yeah. red state. Yeah, it's no longer a swing state. It, it is a red state. But um, I know, you know what, though? You know, I'm thinking Chris, of, like, Chris, Beto. Seeing Chris Kobach, Kobach Bet- go down, that was sweet. Um, I guess if Republicans turn the state into an actual economic wasteland, then the, the voters actually might consider a, a Democrat. Um, uh, Scott Walker going down, very, very sweet, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, a bittersweet morning. I obviously taking the House. Um, I'm somewhat buoyed by the Senate map being utterly reversed come 2020. Um, but, uh, yeah, Florida, Florida stings. Florida, Florida stinks. stinks. And I want to just say this about Florida stinks. I will not step foot in that state. I will not spend one penny in that state. I say the same for Texas. I'm sorry. I don't see why we should spend our money in that state. I don't want to. I never will. All those people who go down there, who have houses down there, who spend so much of their income down there, I wouldn't give that state a penny of my money. And, and my late father, my late father-in-law lived there. I mean, I, the, the you know, Orlando. I mean. I, I, you know, I used to love going down there. I mean, I, I still think it can, it, you know, it's, it's still winnable. But yeah, that that was just that was I that was a that was a campaign where where racism prevailed. Yep. And don't get me started on no, Iowa but, with Steve King. Oh my God! Don't no. Let's not. Just let's not. A a, a fucking Nazi. They reelected, knowing yeah. full well. He's a, he took he's a, money yeah, from Jewish he's groups and then went over to a house. He is beyond belief, and it was well known. God damn. Okay, off you go before you get me. <laughs> Goodbye. We might, as well, we might as well just kept talking about the green voters. We both got worked up. I know. Okay, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Fuck you, green voters. Okay. Um, uh, little Tony says, I wish I felt happier. It's not that I'm unhappy, <laughs> but I hope for so much more. Yeah, join the join the crowd. I wanted icing on the cake, something like Cruz losing or Metcalf losing. Yeah, me too, Tony. I wanted so much more. I would like to see the House get this SOB back for all the garbage we've had to endure, but I don't know if that's the wise thing to do. I don't quite know what you mean by that way. Dorothea Lynn, congratulations to the women who stepped up to the plate and ran those women's marches, lit a fire, and our daughters thanked them. Yeah, the women. You know what I was thinking, though, and I I think this all the time. Anytime you see a place where women were not allowed, it wasn't their place. Anytime you see them start to be allowed in, here's what you know. It's not because all of a sudden the men said, let's let women in. No, it is only after men fuck things up so much that they abandon it. They say, I'm out of here. And they think of how many just the reason we were able to have all these women is there were all these Republicans jumping ship and women stood up. It seems like women get in only after. There's such a mess, such a disaster that's been created. They're always let in. Why? Because who do you ask when there's a mess to clean up? 
It's always women. Get asked in. Let in. That happens at the corporate level. It happens, I swear, it happened here. We had nothing but men running Pittsburgh City paper until they almost really ran it right into the effing ground. And when it was assumed it was in the effing ground, they said, hey, Lisa, Lisa, you've been here for 19, 20 years. You know this inside out. You, we've been relying on you for God knows how long. How would you like to be in charge? It's always this way. Henry writes, the folks on Morning Joe today were doing victory laps. They even had Carol King on the show singing, I Feel the Earth Move. What? I would like to caution anyone who thinks our job is done. Are you? Yeah. And would also like to point out that the first presidential primary is 14 months away. Let's not rest on our laurels. Damn right, there ain't enough laurels to rest on. If we rest on our laurels, it's over. Just hand it all over to the Republicans. Hand it over. Let them destroy what's left. Let them divide it up and stick it in their pockets. Brooke says, I'm not a Nancy Pelosi fan. I don't think she has the energy or smarts required of us. Oh, she's got the smarts. Do not. Hey, Brooke. Do not ever think she doesn't have the smarts. She is one of the most successful speakers of the House. If you just look at her ability to marshal her forces, to count heads, to get things done. Obamacare never would have happened without Nancy Pelosi knowing how to do the job. Okay? My concern with her is that she's 170 now. And you need to have, let younger people start to carry the weight. So maybe the energy thing is true. We need to put a new face on the house, says Brooke. If you want to send a signal to the country, get a new speaker. Um, yeah, I doubt if that's going to happen. I think they'll, I think Pelosi will be the speaker again. And I wouldn't, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it gives Republicans a, a great target. Any woman in power or seeking power drives them insane. And Brooke points out that, of course, the media will be covering the president at 1130 today where he's going to hold a press conference in which he's going to say he won. Yeah. Let me see what else I got here. Um, I do love the fact that uh, low IQ Maxine Waters is going to be the chair of the what? The, uh, uh, the head of the finance committee? Does that mean she can ask for Trump's tax, subpoena Trump's tax returns? Could be, I don't know. And guess who's now head of the Intelligence th Committee? Yeah, not Devin Nunez. Did he win? Anybody know? I know that. I know that uh, KGB agent Dana Rohrbacher lost. That's good, but I haven't heard about Nunez. Uh, Adam Schiff, ladies and gentlemen, will now head uh, the Intelligence uh, Committee.
dear God. Okay, so what else do I need to, you know, I'm, uh, I don't think I had that, okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, just totally off, um, off subject. Nunez one, fuck. Okay, so when uh, did any of you try to score Hamilton tickets? I'm just saying this is just off. Yeah, they finally went on sale on 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 Monday. You had to like do it online pretty much, um, and you know people are so excited to see this musical. So that when the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust said it was finally coming to Pittsburgh, um. It was friggin' impossible to get them. Um, it, I haven't heard anybody who scored them. First of all, what they do is I think they give most of them out before they even go on public sale to their subscribers. And so there really isn't an opportunity in a public sale to get them. I have a friend who went online right away and she was told there were 45,000 people in front of her in line. Uh, and then, you know, these tickets are expensive as holy hell. I don't know, I don't whatever. Okay. Um, hey, also some good news, I think. It's sort of broken over the last few days. That um, it looks like Amazon's not coming here. I know the city fathers and a lot of other folks are going to be very unhappy about that. I am turning cartwheels. Uh, it it it. it if all these rumors are true, it looks like Amazon's decided to pick two cities and to split its uh, headquarter, new headquarters between two cities. And as far as anyone knows, there are only three cities that are in negotiations with them, and it ain't us, okay? They ain't talking to us. So we're... It's Northern Virginia close to D.C. where Bezos has his, you know, house, one of his 5,000 houses probably, Bezos. And then it's Queens in New York City, uh, an area called Long Island City, which is in uh, Queens. And uh, number three is Dallas. Another place I will never step foot ever since they killed JFK. I like, I hold grudges. I am such a grudge holder, you cannot imagine. Might be silly, but I just... <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. It would, if they had come here, it would totally have changed the uh, everything we love <laughs> about this city its character its specialness its uniqueness and just turned it into fucking Seattle or Portland I'm not saying fucking Seattle and Portland aren't lovely places they're wonderful but there's more homeless people there uh, by the minute uh, no one can afford to live there oh what Speaking, by the way, of uh, Nancy Pelosi, listen to this editorial in today's Wall Street Journal. This is why Republicans keep their eyes on, this is how they keep their eyes on the prize. They blame the fact that the House is going to be in Democrats' hands. Guess on what? 
Pennsylvania's Supreme Court. Here's what it says. And this is before they knew how many seats we took, and we took more than they even thought we might. Polls say the battle for the House will be close. And if Democrats win by a couple of seats, remember Pennsylvania. The GOP is likely to lose three seats or more. It was more. Or uh, just simply because Democrats on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said the state's redistricting plan was unconstitutional, and then its liberal majority struck down the map on the dubious theory that it was unconstitutional and did not guarantee free and equal elections for both parties, which it did not, okay? Then they go on to say the liberal judges then flouted the U.S. Constitution by commandeering the legislature's authority over redistricting and drew its own map, which naturally, no, they let them draw another map. They looked at that map and they said, are you kidding? <laughs> I guess we'll have to draw the map. They brought in a third party, a neutral party, who drew a real map not intending the favor, intending to, to adequately show Democrats and Republican strength in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and then, oh, they do point out in their hissy fit thing that the Supreme Court last month declined to hear the, the Republicans' uh, appeal, which is true. The U.S. Supreme Court looked at the whining Republicans and said, hey, they're not, no, forget it, forget it. This, this works, what the state Supreme Court did. So, here it is, Wall Street Journal telling its readership, if you want to know why fights over the judiciary have become so fierce, this Pennsylvania is the reason five judges in a single state went far to making Nancy Pelosi Speaker of the House. Anytime you can, and oh, and they love Scott Walker, so they're, 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 I love the fact that the Wall Street Journal's feeling a bit bruised today. What? Sue writes, my daughter was number 89,000 for Hamilton tickets. Yeah, they told you to go online. And then Nancy says, so she just got up and went to the box office and got us three tickets with a choice of nights. What? Well... I didn't even try, and I'm not even going to see Hamilton. And my guess is, this is how I think, anytime something becomes that huge, that big, uh, when I finally do see it, if it's a movie, if it's a play, if it's anything, I'm always disappointed. <laughs> because it would have to be, and first of all, I already seen it sort of on TV, certain things. I've seen I've heard the music, the soundtrack. I I don't need it. Um Ansel writes regarding Pelosi, Trump endorsed her today via Twitter. Huh? Oh, he's just I'm sure there was some sort of reverse psychology, but I agree with your earlier email. Or Pelosi should recognize how she hurts the party now and bow out. She won't. In a panel discussion last night about Pelosi, they were saying she's the best choice simply because she's the only one that knows how to do the job. I mean, God knows she knows how to do the job. 
But Ansel says, I would argue that is not a reason to make her speaker again. What? That she knows how to do the job is not a reason? If you look at the whole leadership there, so it's Pelosi, and then it'll be Steny Hoyer, and then it'll be um, Blanken, Clyburn. And I think, yeah, the, the uh, if you add their ages up and, and average it out, it's like 80, 86. I mean, it's old. So some of them have to step aside. I don't know if it's Pelosi, but you got to bring the young people in. You got to bring the next generation. In. For God's sakes, the next generation are in their 60s. Not to mention their 40s. There's tons of those young people that have to be gotten in. But the way House and Senate work is seniority, correct? And unfortunately, the way voters vote, they rarely vote out an incumbent. And so when someone gets a seat, they just keep rising, rising, rising. And you don't get into a position to even have a uh, leadership position until you're an old fart. It's as simple as that. I don't know. The Democrats will be at each other's throats, I suppose. It'll be a fight. Connor Lamb is on record as saying he will not support her. It was one of the ways he was able to win his uh, first election. By the way, that was a bummer. All the other, I mean, just all the other elections outside of Pittsburgh went Republican. Guy Reschenthaler is going to Congress? Um, it's just I don't know what we do I don't know how people could vote for Connor Lamb to go for, to Congress and then vote for a Republican to represent them in the in, in Harrisburg and that had to happen a lot for the results that occurred. I don't understand it. The Wall Street Journal also did a piece on Pittsburgh voting in Squirrel Hill. And they they interviewed a guy and I want to say, way to go, buddy. Because I noticed this too when I was voting. Uh, there really, there wasn't anybody to vote f that you could do a write-in for Congress or you could vote for Mike Doyle, I think. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's just, that's so, uh, it's sad that there's uncontested voting. But I guess Republicans think, ain't no way I can win, so forget about it. So there was the possibility of writing somebody in. And this guy interviewed by the Times, by the uh, Wall Street Journal, David Garrow, who it says taught history at Pittsburgh School of Law, he said he decided to make a statement with his vote by writing in the name of Tree of Life Rabbi Myers in Representative Doyle's otherwise uncontested race. Mr. Garrow said he didn't have anything against Representative Doyle, but he just didn't like to see a race go unchallenged. Not having any choice, he said, I find that un-American. So, yeah, good for him and good choice, I think. Um, 
I don't know why I can't find this one tweet I wanted to. Oh, well, so screw it. Um, here's something else I found. Over the, I don't know, last few days, just reading the paper. And I, I just wanted to pass it on because, again, it changes things for me. I, it's why is that, that when you, knowledge can be so disheartening. As I keep complaining to you, I just keep losing my innocence. I keep encountering reality and facts that I find so unsettling. And so against what I want or chose to believe or whatever. I don't know about you, but when I look at the Pittsburgh skyline, one of the things that just blows me away is uh, PPG Place. I mean, it is so over the top. <laughs> it is so astonishing, that glass castle with, you know, more than one building. I mean, there's just glass castles heading into the sky. And other than it's forbidding, now that's been improved somewhat, that big open space that was just looked so barren and awful for years um, and now has that skating rink in the winter and uh, fountain. I just, I love that building and always have. And I've always been so proud that, you know, I could say, and you know, it was designed by Philip Johnson. I don't know much about architecture, but I sure knew that name. Uh, Philip Johnson is just considered one of, uh, one of the greats. And he has the plaza outside Lincoln Center, which is considered one of the greatest public spaces in a major city. Um, he did the also another glass castle, the Crystal Cathedral for uh, you know that evangelist, televangelist, out in California, if you've ever seen that. Um, he did homes, he did all kinds of stuff, but he was considered uh, a, an extraordinary architect. He's, he's dead now. Somebody's written a book about him, and I just happened to read the review. And, oh, now every time I look at PPG Place, I'm going to think of Philip Johnson, who I now know better. And he was an awful human being. He was awful. And it's, I know we've had this, this debate before, like when somebody who's just the worst of the worst produces great music, great art, great poetry, can you still enjoy it? Can you still watch, you know, the film? Can you still... And I I struggle. I mean, I can still enjoy the work, I guess, but there is now this... With knowledge comes a little bit of a sobering of the joy. It does. So... Let me explain why he's such an awful person. I just thought you should know. He was the most blatant anti-Semite you can imagine. So much so that he actively embraced Adolf Hitler. In 1936, this son of a bitch was spreading all Hitlerian uh, propaganda. The international bankers who were selling out America, 
excuse me, who's doing that now? That would be George Soros funding the caravan. Okay, same kind of thing, trafficking in that. He founded a Nazi front group, the American Fellowship Forum. Isn't it amazing how when people create hate groups or vile legislation, they always stick these wonderful sounding names. Oh, a fellowship foundation. I would like to be part of that. And then you find out that at heart, it's about literally killing people. The American Fellowship Forum. It put out a magazine which did stories like can the Jewish problem be solved? Well, <laughs> he even became a correspondent for just this flat-out anti-Semitic newspaper, again called Social Justice. And he reported back from Europe. He went over there into Nazi country and, oh, he was just thrilled, thrilled by what he saw. The Wall Street Journal at a, a review of, of the, the book on him says he crafted stomach-churning dispatches from World War II-era Poland and Germany before we got in. One of, one of his dispatches says, since the Germans came in, the place looks gay and happy. There are not many Jews to be seen. We saw Warsaw burn. It was a stirring spectacle. Knowing that, when I've so taken pride in that work of his um, somebody has said that since finding out about Johnson they've looked again at his work and they've now said this if you look at all of his designs there is always a void. I'm thinking it's that empty, which we have made filled with that empty plaza that he planned, which was so forbidding. And now we've got a skating rink and, you know, and, and made it more human. But this person says, stripped down to its bones, Johnson's architecture feels barren and inert and lonely despite its refinement and extravagance. Okay, just one more quote that I came upon. This is from Philip Johnson. And if this doesn't tell you that he would be such a Trump lover if he were alive, he says this, I can't stand truth. I can't stand truth. It gets so boring, you know, like social responsibility. I just wanted to add, I mean, I just wanted to have you know, knowledge is often so frigging sobering. Ellen says, when my kids were young, we so got a kick out of driving past PPG Place at a, at a distance. At a certain time of day when it was dark or had just the right lighting, the top spires each look just like Darth Vader. Thank you for that. I will <laughs> I will look, I 
will. I'll look for that. That seems fitting. All right. All right, guys. We got our work to do. We got two years. We got two years of heavy-duty work to do. And if we let down, Donald Trump will be the president for, well, from here, six more years. And as far as I can imagine, our country will be essentially destroyed. Oh, and Jonathan says, oh, regarding Philip Johnson, thanks for nothing, geez. Oh, well, at least maybe I can go back to watching Woody Allen movies and say, well, at least he's no Philip Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.